Hey, what's up guys? This is KD Cloudy and welcome to the second episode for Clouds on Air where we'll be discussing the latest Marvel Studios production Eternals directed by Chloe Zhao and I'm pretty sure I'm butchering the name but yeah, I watched this on Friday at an IMAX laser theater and yeah, I only watched this once and first impressions if I if, if I have to just say like one sentence to describe my feelings about this movie it's okay it's it's fine and that's all i can say really because it wasn't as great as i thought it would it would be uh given the director but it's not as bad as people make it out to be and so if you don't if you don't know already uh this movie has the lowest ever uh score uh the rotten tomato score for any Marvel Studios movie. Uh yeah, that's pretty crazy. It's it's being like review bombed. So, so uh it's sitting at uh let me check. It's sitting at 48% and it's it's received the rotten score from Rotten Tomatoes, which is first ever like it's setting a precedent for Marvel. And this is lower than Thor the Dark World which is at 66% and uh, see here's the thing I, I I don't really follow all this stuff it was pretty new to me and the thing is that this this doesn't even kind of project the average review rating it just tells you that this movie is very polarizing as it should be and I, I can see like after watching the movie I can see why it's so polarizing and yeah i don't it's it's not like if you if you go into this movie thinking that it's going to be the worst marvel movie ever it's 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 far from that it's not even close it's not even close to being the worst one there is no worst marvel movie maybe the incredible hulk um but yeah this this is this is actually a pretty well made film so if i have to like i'll just i'll just ramble around this movie i don't have a structured review as always I'll just ramble and uh, say whatever I want to say. So the first thing, the director of this movie, Chloe Zhao, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. She won an Oscar earlier this year for her movie Nomadland, and I knew she was gonna direct Eternals before Nomadland came out. So I was naturally excited for Nomadland. I was rooting for it. I watched it before it got the Oscar, and I was. pretty stoked all around so i watched nomadland and it's a very somber um a uh, movie it's a, it's a very slow paced somber film and it's visually very appealing it was made on a very low budget and it's very very grounded and it it it, it totally has a different scale a totally different feel compared to anything which marvel has put out ever so i was really naturally very um you know kind of intrigued as to what she can bring new to the table on a Marvel and an MCU film. The first things first, uh the visual in this movie, it's very very reminiscent of what you'll find on Nomadland. It's it's it, the visuals are I would say the best thing about this film. It actually feels like it was shot outside <laughs> under the sun. It has a lot of silhouettes which I am a sucker for. and it just it just feels tangible 
you know there is cgi and it's well done cgi and you know and the third act has a very cool uh temperature vibe going for it which i personally prefer and the cgi blended in really really well and it just it just looked nice this actually feels it was photographed instead of rendered on a computer so in that aspect it's it's nice there's this elaborate cold open for this movie after which the marvel studios logo rose out yeah it, it just ends in this uh, grand wide silhouette really like it and also there was with this one shot which was which was clearly inspired by 2001 a space odyssey and yeah i saw that uh, it was nice and yeah the, like i said the visuals are easily the best part of this movie there are certain parts which feel you know so i would say this is like a good balance of that what the stuff we expect from marvel you know the uh, outer world intergalactic stuff which doesn't exist uh, to real world stuff on earth and i think this is easily the best representation of earth uh, visually they have done so far because in previous movies it's a pretty known problem for marvel movies you know the color grading being pretty uh, bland especially on you know captain america civil war everything looks like concrete so this looks it definitely is uh, this movie does go for a desaturated look but it's definitely more organic uh, that's what i would say so enough talk about the visuals uh, yeah but i i really do think the visuals were the best part of this movie because i was constantly in awe while i was watching this this movie also has certain you know shifting aspect ratios if you watch this on IMAX so it's definitely worth watching in IMAX and if you watch it on a real IMAX theater 1.43 uh certain CGI shots uh, there's like 6 minutes worth of 1.43 footage so yeah, there you go that's your random unsolicited IMAX trivia for the episode i'll probably make this a regular thing but yeah those were the visuals of the cinematography and um yeah what else? okay so next thing this movie has a lot of relations to game of thrones okay so maybe i'm dozing on crazy pills or whatever but you know hear me out this movie has richard madden this movie has kit harington this movie has the same person who composed the score for game of thrones uh whose name i'm just i i just won't even try to pronounce because i know i'm going to butcher it uh so there's that and also there is a character in this movie called Cersei which is like close but not the exact so yeah it's definitely uncanny and yeah it's just it's just weird and i i noticed it and i i and ironically i haven't even watched game of thrones and uh, based on what i do know about the actual show itself it also looks a lot like the show for some reason so yeah it's 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 another random fun fact trivia okay so enough of trivia uh let's get back to the film itself why did i think it's not as great as other mcu films because okay, so first thing so see the thing about watching fresh new characters and fresh new stories is that the movie has to do a lot of work to make the audience make you care about them 
I knew absolutely nothing about these characters. I didn't even know their names. I had no idea of what type of comic storylines this was based out of. I just knew Angelina Jolie wasn't there and Kit Harington is in there and Jamma Chan is in the, I just knew these popular cast members and I just went into the film. I was totally blind. I I didn't even I don't even recall watching a lot of the trailers. So yeah, I had like zero preconceived notions about this film which is like a good thing but i also had no idea about what to expect from this film so this movie had a lot to do this movie features 10 characters as part of its main roster and it's really it's really difficult to you know juggle 10 characters and make you as an audience member you know care about them and root for them but honestly by the end of this film i just did not feel that part of the reason is that there were just too many characters and like a lot of people have said said this 10 characters is a lot here's the thing by the like by the half time of the film so this movie has a very weird non-linear kind of storytelling like it's not even non-linear uh there's the present timeline and there are flashbacks so it turns because they are like immortal uh you see uh their activities <laughs> in like uh various eras of human history like in mesopotamia and these early early like bef- like like very old stuff very old stuff <laughs> so you see that you see their activity and how they are interacting with the human race and how they are interacting with, with each other which i'll get to in a bit and there is this uh, present ongoing storyline thread so there are parallel storylines and uh, that works okay so in the last fly okay so I, i'll talk about spoilers now so if you haven't watched the movie maybe <laughs> maybe come back later but yeah in the last flashback scene uh, they basically just split up and say goodbye to each other and that sort of ha- happens in the middle of the movie and the present storyline you know they just have to get the band back together and they get the band back together right before the third act and i didn't e- and i didn't even know the full character names uh, like before they appeared in the present storyline you get what i'm saying so it just felt haphazard for the lack of a better term now another instance where you can see the movie has a hard time juggling all these characters is during the third act so here's what happens spoilers of course you have been warned there are ten eternals out of which two of them are dead two of them have turned evil and one of them has just straight up dropped out of the fight so there's is this is five characters now <laughs> this is five characters now fighting amongst each other and uh, preventing this being from being emerged from the center of the earth now the fact that it sounds silly is not the problem the problem is that you have effectively eliminated half of your roster for no reason i mean it's the freaking eternals it's not the suicide squad and yeah and the character which drops out is komel nanjiani's character kingo what is his name i love it but why wasn't he in the third act we barely got to see him doing anything 
is mostly in that for jokes and stuff and i love kumail nanjiani i i i loved silicon valley i loved uh, and and i was pretty skeptical how he would you know work out and play out in a marvel film in a setting like this it was fine he was mostly in there for the jokes and okay so okay, let's let's talk about kumail nanjiani's character uh so if you don't know already he is playing a bollywood character in hiding so after the eternals kind of split out they start living their own lives so kumail nanjiani's character decides to start off his own acting career and uh, take his place in bollywood which is fine that's what happened in the comics i don't, don't really have much idea about it but yeah it's it's a fun concept it's a fun idea but here's the thing the way they portray bollywood in this film is absolutely cringe worthy it's easily one of the lowest points of this film for me like it's it's terrible it's absolutely absolutely atrocious he's he's supposedly da- he, he's dancing with you know a beautiful lady in in this extravagant setting of course a bollywood set and the music which is playing is like typical cliched bollywood music with you know classical instruments and a singer who who's i guess i'm pretty sure very talented singing in a in an american accent and the lyrics are english it just doesn't make sense it just doesn't make sense you can you can listen to the track the track is called nach mere hero and you can just listen to listen to the track it's on the on the it's on these uh, official soundtrack it's on spotify it's on apple music it's it's bad it's really really bad and i don't know why they couldn't have just like it's 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 really not that hard to make a bollywood music video and yet so many movies struggle with it just just you know they could have just hired somebody they could have just hired freaking i don't know so yeah that that's my little rant but yeah there is there is uh, there's kumail anjiani's there's kingo's valet slash butler following him around this movie his cameraman he is portrayed by an indian actor thank god and uh, i'm forgetting his name but he was he he he, he was pretty solid in this film um he was pretty solid in this film he provided good comical relief and also delivered pretty emotional line in hindi itself and uh, yeah that was that was pretty cool that was pretty cool and yeah so so yeah kumail nanjiani's character just drops out of the third act and comes back at the end i thought he was he was like this is not my fight uh, he he's going to go away and he would just heroically come back again that just didn't happen at all so yeah that was pretty disappointing he just he just heats out of the movie for no reason and the movie provides the movie does provide an explanation for it but it's supposed to be deep but again it doesn't really it doesn't exactly go in line for a big blockbuster film and that's exactly i think the problem the movie has two conflicting tones within itself one of a big giant blockbuster film and one of this deep somber art film 
and these these are just conflicting souls you know trapped in this shell of a movie one of the other high points of this movie is the character interactions i would say the best moments in this film are when normal characters are just talking to each other you know sitting on a dinner table or just you know taking a leisurely stroll in the park or just whatever whenever it's just two characters or more just talking all that stuff is great and that that's exactly where the mcu excels at you know you could have the you know most extravagant cgi uh, third act battle uh, in the history of movies but what actually brings the soul uh, in these movies are the character interactions that's what makes you care about these characters and even though it was great there weren't that many of them compared to the number of main characters that, that are there you know there are supposed to be 10 main characters and i don't even think there has been a scene where every single character is talking to each other i don't even think i saw salma hayek's character talking to kumail nanjiani's character it just feels like a big awkward party where everybody seems to know each other but you don't know for sure because you haven't seen them talking one thing which i do know is that apparently richard madden talks to everyone else uh the character of sersi jama chan's character knows everyone else angelina jolie's character oh my god okay let's talk about angelina jolie's character she was basically playing a crazy woman who throws fits every every 5 minutes or so and that i i love the concept about why she's going crazy it's because uh, because the eternals have lived so long uh, her conscious mind is just going crazy with so many memories and all that stuff i really like it i really like that aspect but you know that was basically her only character trait you know if i had to describe that character's personality it was just going crazy and throwing fits and killing your team members in the middle of a fight <laughs> i i don't i don't really think i saw her, her her character talking to you know sprite or you know sersi or whoever it was i just have no re- recollection of that at all i don't even think <laughs> that's the biggest problem and and that is why i think this could have been better as a series or something but you know what let's not talk about that the these inter inter character interactions i don't know if that's even a word here's the thing the mcu is very good at this to be honest now civil war does this really really well and i've watched civil war an ungodly amount of times and it just nails those little character interactions you know and it makes you feel that even though these characters are new into the scene like that movie introduces a lot of new characters which you haven't really seen enough before you introduce black panther for the first time believe it or not you introduce spider-man for the first time you have the original avengers roster interact with these new ones uh this is elizabeth olsen's first movie after age of ultron this is anthony mackie's first movie with the entire team but you don't get a sense that these guys are working uh for the first time that's because the chemistry and everything is just works so well i just did not get that vibe with the tunnels 
it fe- it felt like everybody was like a newcomer or something and i i really hope that they started with five and maybe in the sequel introduce the other five you know break it up because it's really really hard it's really really hard to focus on like one characters without having to know, without having to get without getting to know them completely that's basically what i can summarize it all down to there's too many characters the movie doesn't know what to do with them and that's why the it just ends up feeling confused so yeah they're like there's just too too many characters in this film and it's not even like a few are projected as the leads and the rest are projected uh, like thought of as supporting cast you don't you don't know uh, who's the main per- because everyone feels like the main person <laughs> and that that's really the problem because i think i guess it's like a corporate mandate to make everyone uh have some franchise value i mean th- like the biggest names on this film kumail anjiani uh angelina jolie salma hayek all these guys were so sidelined i i i just did not know what to make of it and and for a second if you even sideline them there are only two main characters you have richard madden's icarus and you have jamma chan's cersei and they have this weird dynamic between them they were apparently married like thousands of years ago and it, it just did not feel earned at all and cersei's only character trait is like she is addicted to instagram or something and like where are the character arcs man where are the character arcs richard madden zikaris has a weird twist at, at the middle of the film and okay so richard madden i i am not really familiar with any of his work before um i think everyone really did some pretty solid acting and he was like intentionally stoic and wooden and i i really found it funny that uh, like these beings who were these extraterrestrial beings uh these celestials who made the eternals they somehow gave icarus a scottish accent <laughs> i i i find it hilarious and you know what i i was like for scottish accents and i i would put richard madden scottish accent right in like top 3 or something to be honest i have only listened to like three people speaking in a scottish accent number one um patch uh, uh, not uh, who is it my james mcavoy i absolutely love his scottish accent uh, second is uh, that check from game of thrones i forgot who is messi williams yeah messi williams uh and third would be richard madden so yeah again two out of three game of thrones supremacy maybe i should watch the show i don't know okay yeah. <laughs> a scottish accent drops aside he didn't really have an arc like he had a weird arc and um I, i'm i'm pretty mixed on this so he has this weird twist in the middle of the film where he kind of betrays the eternals because of his sense of duty to the celestials or what not and then 
at the last moment he decides to turn back in in this very unsatisfying moment out of just nowhere just because he he's and he's still in love with Cersei and it's never really clearly expressed in the film which i find a little unsatisfying some some things are left to interpretation i know that but come on some marvel film <laughs> Uh, you could you could have like this uh, this intense close up of two characters looking into each other's eyes that would probably do it i don't know and he in the uh, at the end of the film he just flies into the sun very biblical icarus flying into the sun that's his character that's that's his character arc like i said there are very two conflicting sides of this film a very deep and meaningful somber version of it and a big blockbuster version of it and it's just hard to balance it's just very hard to balance it's just and very hard to focus for the audience okay so one last thing uh, i watched this in a in a very packed theater which was like new to me to be honest in this post covid era I watched like eight or nine films this year, and all of them have been like a hundred, like fifty percent capacity. Uh, when I watched this one, uh, the seating restrictions were lifted, so a hundred percent capacity the theater was running at, and the, the tickets were expensive as well. Uh, so yeah, it was kind of nice watching this, watching a Marvel movie in a packed theater again. Now the difference what now the now the difference between watching a movie in a half filled theater was a full filled one is audience reaction the cheering the applause and all that stuff and like i've watched end game infinity war and uh like far from home and they have been pretty intense cheering and all the, uh, and there is all this clapping especially for marvel films and you will get to see applause and cheering the moment the marvel studios logo pops up on screen so and that just does not happen when theaters are running at 30 40 50% occupancy that just does not happen so that stuff was nice but also that tells you about the umph moments in a film and i'll tell you this movie had like two excluding the marvel stories out so just two moments where the audience erupted into applause or erupted into cheering okay so one of them involved kumail nanjiani's character uh and his so his superpower is just like shooting lasers out of his fingers like finger guns it's pretty silly but you know what it's fine that's his power and what he does is uh he he kills off this uh this big deviant monster with a single finger gun and before doing that he says dishum now i don't really do a good job in describing it but it was it was really nicely done it was really nicely done it's a little cheesy it's a little on the nose but and you could say it's borderline cringe but in the moment it was very well done and it gave me a chuckle i loved it i loved it um and i think this is very like this was like indian fan service and this probably undid uh, undo like 
30% of the damage they did with the Bollywood song, so-called song. But yeah, I nevertheless I liked it. The second oomph moment, the second badass moment in this film was when Okay, this is hard to explain and very spoilery. But yeah, Angelina Jolie just just rips this monster, D-Vent monster uh with her sword and like uh, you know in in asian media where uh like kung fu or samurai stuff where the person just takes sword and like whips a sword very fast and the 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 bad guy just falls into slices very slowly yeah that that happened and angelina jolie was the one who did it and that also erupted another round of applause yeah that was pretty cool too but apart from that yeah there weren't really as many of um, badass moments as you would expect out of an mcu movie okay so i'm rambling a lot um okay let's talk about kit harington i thought kit harington was an eternal like you know <laughs> when the ca- ca- casting news rolled out i thought i really i legitimately thought he was part of the main roster or something he just turned out to be a normal guy He's just Cersei's boyfriend, and it was nice. It was nice having uh, uh, a, uh, an A-list actor just playing a normal guy, and you know, like Martin Freeman in the Black Panther. I liked him, but unfortunately, he wasn't in the movie as as much, which is you know, <laughs> like too many characters in this film. Duh, but yeah, thought I'd mention that. Also shout out to uh this character I think her name is Makari played by Ronan Lauren Redloff who is a deaf person in real life and also is uh, a deaf character in the movie itself that was really like her character was really nice and her, her powers basically is like very like running at a very high speed so so she is basically like a speedster and you don't get to see speedsters all that often anymore in a long long time this is a speedster done right in a long long time and i really liked in uh, like the brief scenes uh, she, she was in, in in the film but again like i said the scenes are brief she is not in the film all that much which is again a bummer so yeah like i said everything just goes back and rolls into the same thing there's just too many characters and the characters which i liked didn't get enough scenes so that's basically and some people say that this movie is boring i didn't find it's a little slow but i think like i said the somber esque vibe takes over and if you if you're not into that this movie might feel boring to you but for me it was okay Let's talk about the post-credit scenes. Spoiler warning again. I don't know why am I even saying this if you've made it so far. Harry Styles is now officially in the MCU. That was again also this this was like the third moment of applause for the entire crowd. <laughs> yeah, he is playing Eros. or star fox i don't know what his exact name is he's referenced as both of them in on screen 
and uh, yeah he's supposed to be the brother of thanos i have absolutely no idea how that pans out but i i'm interested to see that and like marvel marvel has never never done casting wrong so my hopes are really really high and i'm pretty excited and yeah the second post credit scene was basically telling us that kit harington is not a normal guy of course of course he's not <laughs> like why do you think they would cast an a-lister as a normal person of course he is a special superhero character or something and he's revealed to be he's not like of course it's not mentioned on screen uh you have to google it afterwards <laughs> yeah so if you google it you'll find out that he is playing a character called black knight which is interesting again i have like the other characters in this movie i have no idea what black knight is or who black knight is but one thing i did notice is that there is a voice in the background and that voice is of maheshala ali who is going to play blade which releases in 2023 so again post credit scene teasing future marvel properties of course and it did get me very hyped i'm not going to lie and i guess uh kit harington will probably get his own disney plus series or he'll probably show up in uh blade first and then get his own spin off i don't know we'll see maybe 2025 but yeah that that's basically all i have to say as far as my overall opinions goes i mean i rated it like 3 stars on letterbox so that there, there goes my rating <laughs> uh 3 stars and um, yeah it's not like okay so there have been three marvel movies out this year this is my second in a theater i rated shang-chi 4 stars i rated black widow 3 and a half stars or 3 stars yeah 3 stars and it turns also 3 stars this movie is slightly better than black widow but it's not as good as shang-chi shang-chi was just more enjoyable it had you know it had fewer characters it had it was basically a drama a focused drama and even though it was like a template cookie cutter story it was very well done it was very cathartic and enjoyable to watch and this this movie was a little bit of a mess but of course technically very proficient i have no complaints about the way this movie was made unlike black widow which had very sloppy cgi work and that movie was supposed to come out like in 2017 or something so yeah i would put it firmly in the middle of the pack between black widow and shangchi shangchi being at the top this one at the middle black widow at the end maybe i'll do an episode on black widow i don't know but yeah that's that's my thing honestly this movie was similar to i feel the same about this movie as it did with captain marvel i did not leave the theater with a good enough feeling and this was and i felt the same after leaving the theater after this movie fun fact jamach 
Chan is in both the movies playing different characters, which is the first ever again random trivia which you probably don't care about. So yeah, that was it. I'm really looking forward to Spider-Man No Way Home, which would you know four Marvel movies in a year. Really, really excited for this film. I'll, I'll probably do separate episodes for uh, the previous Spider-Man films leading up to that. And before that, I will do No Time to Die and uh, Daniel Craig's run of the James Bond series because I have to, have to. I, I've just been obsessed with James Bond for the past couple of weeks slash months. So I have to get out there. But yeah. That's basically it. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll catch you guys in the next one. Cheers.